We all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hi, I'm Juliet, and welcome to Finding Faith. I'm the author of two books, one of which is Leading Church, Finding Faith, Six Steps for Discovering Your Purpose in the World After Leading the Christian Church, and the primary focus for this podcast. You can find both of my books and how to contact me on my website at julietdoriswilliams.com. And I am here in this space chatting with you about the book and other things that may bubble up when we are talking about faith and life and how those two things intersect. Because if you're at all like me, they always, always intersect. Hello there, friends. I'm back from a little self-care hiatus. It's kind of interesting to me, actually, that after a year of actually slowing things down, slowing our pace, being intentional with our movements around and about the world due to COVID protocols, protecting ourselves and potentially our high risk for infection loved ones, that the need for self-care is higher, bigger, deeper than it was pre-COVID. Some of my long-term listeners know that I started this podcast right in the middle of COVID, right during the time when collectively we were figuring out how to navigate our lives through a deadly pandemic. Most of us were doing that anyway. I'm, I'm still marveling at the ones among us who thought then and still apparently believe now that it's all still a hoax. I mean, really, it, it takes some distressingly hard work to ignore and minimize close to 4 million deaths in one year worldwide and nearly 600,000 of those as of today in the United States alone. Curious that the reality of the deaths is almost incomprehensible, but Another thing that fits in that category is the amount of work, the the brain work, the thought process it takes to live in a world where none of that is real. I asked a friend today about that. I wondered why some people he knew personally persisted in this delusion about COVID among other things, the election, about the election and so so much more, he said that it is a wish for how things used to be, which that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, and that the voices they pay attention to are gaslighting them into believing that their plight in the world is a fault, is the fault of all those other people, the immigrants, the the Muslims, the Jews, 
And there's that little piece about the South rising again. I got to say, it was a little weird hearing that actually coming out of someone's mouth, especially someone that I know personally. We went deeper into that conversation, talked about their faith and belief in he who shall not be named, who was a former president of our United States. It was a fascinating conversation and one that I am personally resolving to have more of as the opportunities present. However, I would not call it a brave conversation, not when you actually know the person. There's small risk there. There's there's trust and common lived experience, although we come from different racial and cultural backgrounds. We've shared a lot of our lives with each other over the years, very low risk for misunderstandings. I now know that he has some level of sympathy along with the frustration for his friends who live in this alternative version of reality. I asked him how he stays friendly with these people. He said he can stay friendly because they focus on other things, other issues in their lives, their lives, their whole lives are bigger than these very present issues for the rest of us. He also added that he stays friends with them in hopes that they will see the light. My friend is actually doing the brave thing, doing the loving thing, doing the Jesus thing. Although I'm not sure he would appreciate me calling it that. I am absolutely of the school of thought that says we leave no one behind. Sometimes though, there comes a point when you cannot walk alongside someone. You may just have to keep journeying ahead, hoping they catch up. You may have to just keep doing the good and right thing, hoping that in the doing, the world and all of the people in the world will be affected a new kind of pandemic of doing good, seeking good, spreading good. My very good friend is doing the braver thing by staying close. Right now, though, for me, I will confess, I am of two minds. On the one hand, I am less and less interested in giving them the benefit of my energy. On the other hand, A part of me also realizes that living in a mindset of hate and judgment is a broken place, a place of pain, a place of sadness. It is certainly a place of stress, but sometimes, you know, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. That's why it's called self-care. In an earlier episode, I talked about the personal loss I experienced that was added atop the weight of the collective grief I was already feeling about the state of the world. That personal loss finally made the grief palpable, made it very present for me in ways that I couldn't ignore. Borderline depression decided she needed a sister friend named anxiety. I was like, Oh, okay. We're doing this now. Thanks. 
universe, but really, do we actually need to do this right now? Don't I have enough to think about? Who the hell has time for this? The universe apparently thought I needed to make time for this. So I did. I would say it's like I didn't have a lot of choice in this, but the reality is that I, and probably you, walk around in the world encountering people all the time who could use a little sit-down time with the universe, could use it, need it desperately, but for reasons, big and small, don't or won't sit still long enough in that quiet space to embrace whatever the universe has to say to them. For me, the voice of the universe is coming through the vocal cords of my therapist who carefully and gently told me at the conclusion of my last session that we are doing trauma recovery work now. I said, yeah, okay, I I think I know that. But later I wondered why she felt she needed to say that so deliberately to me. I mean, this is my day job. I knew the names, the symptoms, the diagnosis before I walked in her door. But somehow I apparently needed it said to me that bluntly on the heels of a hard session, gently warning me that it was going to get harder still. And that's what I'm thinking about today. The ones that are still living in a worldview that seemingly terrifies them such that they have to keep moving or worse so that the reality won't catch up to them. I am wondering if anyone has ever shown them, demonstrated Jesus's love for them, especially in that time and place of fear, especially in their broken places. That, my friends, is how I came to be in this space with you. Years and years of experiencing Jesus in all my broken places. Sometimes that experience came through scripture, sometimes through prayer, sometimes through adversity, sometimes through inexplicable holy moments, sometimes through people, people who walked alongside and didn't leave me behind. And for all of that, all of that, I am grateful. Friends, I hope you remember this when you encounter your sister and brother on the way. You may just be the Jesus they are needing to experience in that moment. Be conscious and aware that there are more of us experiencing brokenness, trauma, weariness, grief than ever before. Walk gently, love much. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.